Praise the Lord. In America, it is projected that 50% of all marriages will end in divorce or separation. That is one out of every two people who hear this podcast. If you have a heart to serve God, this is one topic you need to understand. Over the years, I have communicated with many individuals who tried to legitimize remarriage because their first spouse was unfaithful, they couldn't get along, or even the relationship was physically abusive. Biblically, you are bound to your first marriage until death. Even if a bill of divorcement is given, there is not one scripture to legitimize a remarriage. But thousands of Christians every year get remarried after a divorce. For the next 50 minutes, go on this journey with me as I pilot you through the scriptures to bring a biblical understanding about divorce, marriage, and remarriage. Please share this podcast with friends and family as our goal is to blast the truth of the gospel to every living being. Come and join us in a service that is currently in progress. Right, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 15. The word of God says, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Amen. I'm not going to go down uh, uh, the full teaching of this, but just to plant the seed and the believers out there who think that Adam and Eve ate from an apple off of a tree. Praise the Lord. You know, children's books we receive, they have that Adam or Eve plucked an apple, bad fruit with a worm in it, off of the tree, and that's the fruit that she ate. I come to serve notice that that's not true. No. The Bible said, don't eat from the tree of knowledge. Praise the Lord. What apple tree you know have knowledge? None. None. There's no apple tree out there that can talk or have knowledge or give you wisdom. Praise the Lord. The tree that God was talking about was that devil that he had already cast onto the earth. Praise the Lord. And so he's warning them, warning Adam, don't you eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Because the devil knew right from wrong. Amen. All Adam knew was right. See? All Adam knew was righteousness. Praise the Lord. And now God is warning him, I'm putting you in this garden, but guess what? Somebody else is in this garden too. You better beware. Amen. That's why we have to be on the lookout. Praise the Lord. Because people will even come around the church, praise the Lord, and try to um, uh, infiltrate the church, praise the Lord. And we have to keep our spy glasses on. My kids, I turned the TV on today, and they said, ooh, Spy Kids 4 is on TV. Amen. Spy kids are kids that are spies, and their parents are spies, praise the Lord. We got to have our spy glasses on, praise the Lord. Amen. And, and because the devil will try to infiltrate, right? The devil wants to infiltrate the ministry, and he also wants to infiltrate your mind. He wants to infiltrate you. Praise the Lord. Amen. 
So we have to be watchful. So he tells them, don't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Verse 18, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should what? Be alone. Be alone. Praise the Lord. Amen. Everything else God had made up until this point was good. Right? Everything he made up until this point was good. He created the light and he saw the light and he saw that the light was what? Good. Praise the Lord. He created the land and the sea and he saw that that was also what? Good. Everything he created up until this point was good and then he found one thing that wasn't good. <laughs> what was that? That man should not be alone. Praise the Lord. Amen. Everything was good except that. Man shouldn't be alone. He said, I will make him a help meet. I will make him and help meet for him. Verse 19. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field. Now look at God. Look at God. Now, him being God, it seemed like he would know the beast is not going to be a help meet for him. Right? Right. It seemed like he would know that, right? We have to understand, too, from at this point, God had not come in the flesh yet. So God didn't know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, he said he know all things, right? I'm just trying to make a point. Amen. But see, he created the beast of the field, trying to find a help meet for Adam. And every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Adam named every animal there is. Amen. Yes. Verse 20. And Adam gave names to all cattle. Yes. And to the fowl of the air. All Amen. the birds. He named them. Yes. Amen. And to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found in help meet for him. Right. Praise the Lord. So God created these things, right? Trying to find a help meet for Adam. He said, but after all of the creation, after all the birds and all the cattle, there was not a help meet found. Right. Amen. Look at verse number 21. So from, from this point on, from 19 to 20, we find this, that he was looking for a help meet, searching for a help meet. Right. Right? But all he was doing was naming things. Right. Right? right? I'm going to name things, but that's not my help meet. Praise right. the Lord. Verse 21, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. God said, well, let me do this then. And he slept. And he took one of his ribs. See, God put anesthesia on uh, on Adam. Right. <laughs> put a deep sleep on him. Yes. Praise the Lord. Yes. He was a, God was the first surgeon. Amen. Put a deep sleep on him. Anesthesia. Opened him up. Praise the Lord. And he says, uh, he took, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. God opened him up and closed him up. Verse 22. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Yes. Amen. She shall be called woman, or as I like to say, woe man. Yes. Because she was taken out of man. Praise the Lord. Amen. 
That's what Adam's name means. Adam's name, the name Adam means man. Praise the Lord. So he took a rib out of man, Adam, and created a woman. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 24, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his what? Wife. Wife. And they shall be one flesh. flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now listen. God, this was the first marriage that God had ordained. Praise the Lord. Between a man and a woman. Yes, amen. It was the first marriage that he ordained. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Now watch this. Something I want you guys to think about. In today's world, we have a lot of people who uh, want to put away their spouse. Put away their spouse, whether male or female, right? But see, God never intended for that to happen. He said, man should leave father and mother and cleave to his wife, wife, right? Be attached to his wife. Praise the Lord. Amen. And watch this. A lot of people said, I had a a preacher tell me this one time. Uh, He didn't tell me. Indirectly, he said it because he was talking... I was talking to his fiance, amen, who worked at the mall, and he's an assistant pastor, praise the Lord. Well, he had been married before, and we told him, we told her, don't you marry him? He already been married before. Don't you marry him? Praise the Lord. And she just wanted to marry him. She wanted to marry him. Amen. I told him, I said, uh, I'm sorry, hold on one second. Lost my train of thought here. I was looking at him messing with that door, and I sorry. About <laughs> no, you all right? You all right? And I told him. Oh yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. I told him. I said. I said. Um, I told her. I said, don't marry. I said, don't marry him. He's already been married before. He's already been married before. She went back and told the pastor that. The pastor told her, well. When I got married to my first wife, look how look how low people look up. When I got married to my first wife, I wasn't saved. And the Bible says that all things are passed away when you get in Christ. Behold, all things have become new. And since I wasn't saved and she wasn't saved and we got married, that marriage wasn't ordained of God. So now that I'm saved, I can be married to you because you saying, and this is of God. Like he went that deep and that way far off the spectrum okay. to say all things have become new. So this is why I can marry you. I said this joker here. People know how to try to twist the scriptures, don't they? He wasn't yes, talking amen. about that. He was talking about sin. Praise the Lord. But people will go far. To try to make the word fit their life so they can be comfortable in the very thing that they do. And sometimes people are looking for an out. Sometimes people are looking for one person to agree with them so they can feel better about their decision that they made. They know it's wrong. They just looking for someone to validate them. As soon as they find a weak preacher or a weak deacon that will agree with them. Now they want to say, okay, I feel good about this decision now. When they know it's wrong. Praise the Lord. When they know it's wrong. 
Well, people, all they got to do is go to the scripture and say, you know what? The Bible's right, and I'm just in a mess. <laughs> the Bible right, and I'm just in a mess. Praise the Lord. So here's the first, here's the, my, here's the second thing I wanted to throw out here to you. In Genesis, when God ordained marriage, he has not spoken anything about the church. See that? Y'all notice that? The church hasn't even been brought up yet. But the Bible in Hebrew says, marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. Praise the Lord. Let's go get that real quick. Hebrews chapter number, I believe it's 13. If not, forgive me. Let's see here. Hebrews. Chapter 13. Uh, verse 4. Hebrews 13 and verse 4. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 4. So remember, when God first ordained marriage, the church hasn't even been spoken of yet. It's almost like the church, the, the, it's almost like marriage was the first, uh, almost like it was the first thing instituted by God, marriage. The church didn't come until later. Holy Ghost didn't come until later, right? Praise the Lord. So for this person to say, old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. My first marriage was void because... I wasn't saved and I got married. Now that I am saved, I can marry whoever. That sounds so silly anyway. But for argument's sake, if you go back to Genesis, he ain't even talked about salvation yet. All he's talked about was marriage. Right. And the creation of the world. Praise the Lord. He created everything. He made man. Then he made man a helpmeet. Praise the Lord. Look at Hebrews 13 and verse 4. Marriage is honorable in all. And the bed undefiled. Praise the Lord. You can do whatever you want in the bed. Praise the Lord. Amen. You can do whatever you want in the bed. Undefiled, right? But he said, but whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God ain't judging married people who are doing things in the bed. But he's judging whoremongers and adulterers that are doing things in the bed. Amen. God said, hey, when you marry, yeah. Yeah. Ain't, ain't no rules no more. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Long as you with your long as you with your spouse, just sit down and stop touching the door. <laughs> the only people that's gonna touch the door is Brother Marvin, if him and his wife get warm or they get cold. We're gonna let them <laughs> control that, all right? If you hot, roll your sleeves up and, and, and just chill, right? Praise the Lord. Sorry, Facebook. Sorry, Spotify. Sorry, YouTube. Lord. But marriage is honorable in all. Listen to that. Right. It don't matter if you're saved or if you're not saved. Marriage is honorable in what? All. all. Praise the Lord. God honors marriage. He honors it. Well, I was just, uh, you know, young and dumb. Oh, well. 
You tied that knot? <laughs> Praise the Lord. You tied the knot? Praise the Lord. You were young and dumb, but you made a commitment. Praise the Lord. Amen. People use that as an excuse nowadays. Especially when you're dealing with credit. They want to come to you with a... And I'm not trying to be funny because people are really in these situations, yeah, but right. I'm just telling you about some of the things I've heard. They have a 400 credit score. Wanted you to give them a loan for a $45,000 car. Oh my God. Like, we can't do this for you, man. Man, I, I mean, I pay everything else on time. I was just young and dumb. When I was 18, now I'm 25. Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I was 18. I was in college. I was wrapped up all the credit cards because they just had the stands out there on campus. I just signed up everyone I could. Right. I had intention on paying them back. Then I lost my job. I couldn't pay them. Hey, look. I was young and dumb, man. That's your excuse. Young and dumb, right? But guess what? That young and dumb, you got consequences you got to face. I can't give you no $45,000 loan for a car. Go find you a $9,000 car, and maybe we can talk. Huh? You pay this $9,000 car off on your next one, maybe I'll give you 20 You get that one done and pay us good, maybe on the next one, I'll get you 25 You got to work your way up now. You didn't destroy your credit, now you got to work your way up. See, there's a process now. Praise the Lord. So being young and dumb, people try to say that with marriage, man. I, that wasn't supposed to. My, I'm, look. My mom living in adultery. Yeah. I got other family members living in adultery. Guess what? You can't go to heaven that way. Right? You got to get yourself right. Amen. And this is, look, and I love my family. But the word of God is the word of God. And if you don't want to obey the word of God, then you don't have to obey it. But that don't change the truth. Right. Like the scripture we read in Romans chapter 3 on, what was that, Sunday? It says, does a, it says what then if some don't believe? Does, the, does their unbelief make the faith of God of none effect? God forbid. Let God be true and every man a liar. A liar. Amen. We got to stand on the word. We can't, my bishop used to teach us this all as when we were when uh, God in the church, my bitch used to say, I can't have kinfolk religion. <laughs> that used to say, he used to tell, say that all the time. I cannot have kinfolk religion. He said, if my children get out of line, I got to straighten them up just like I straighten up your children. Praise the Lord. I can't treat my family any different from your family because people won't respect that. Right. Amen. You cannot have kinfolk religion. Praise the Lord. But marriage is honorable in all. Praise the Lord. Right. There's so many people out here who have been married. They've been married. Their spouse is still living. And they go and marry two other people. They got four wives walking around. And some of them are pastors. Praise the Lord. They're pastors. And they've heard this word before. They've heard it before. They just don't want to obey. See, that's a tough position to be in. If I look at some of the people in my family, they've been married for 18 years. How are you going to break that off, right? That's a tough decision they got to make. I've been married to this woman or this man for 18 years. 
but it's not right, you're telling me, based on what the word of God say? Tuh. I believe I won't do what the word say, and I'll keep living peacefully with my spouse. That's a tough decision. But see, watch this. If both individuals have a mindset to be pleasing unto God, and they open up the scriptures and they both see, oh, what we're doing is incorrect, what we're doing is out of the will of God, they will make a decision together. You know we got to break this off, right? Respectfully, we just got to do it, right? right? We can still be friends. We can still text and talk on the phone. We can't be together. You get the Holy Ghost. You get the Holy Ghost. We both get the Holy Ghost, and we going to heaven, but we can't be dating. <laughs> Why? Because we've been married before. Amen. That's a tough decision, and a lot of people don't want to make that decision because they've been doing it for so long. Amen. Marriage is honorable in all. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's go to Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. And uh, we're going to start at verse number 1. Romans chapter 7. Verse number 1. Amen. Thank God for you watching online as well. In the name of Jesus Christ, and thank God for you listening uh, on our podcast, In the Name of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 7, verses 1 through 4, praise the Lord. And talking about marriage, marriage. All right, verse 1, when you have this, I'm with you. I'm with you. Verse 1, know ye not, brethren? For I speak to them that know the law. Look how he threw the law in there. When did God ordain marriage? Under law or under grace? Law. Under the law. In Genesis, right? We just read it. Right. right? In Genesis, under the law, he ordained the marriage, right? He says, I speak to them that know the law. How that the law have dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath an husband, amen, is bound by what? By the law to her husband, so long as he what? He lived it. See, some things under the law people could do. And there's some things under grace. There are some things under the law that God brought under grace. Amen. But some things he left in the law. Some things he left back there in the law. Marriage was something he brought over. Praise the Lord. So he said, I'm speaking to them that know the law. Why? Because the law is where the marriage was ordained. And now look at verse 2. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he what? He living. As long as he living, she is bound. Praise the Lord. But if the husband be what? Dead. She is loose from the law of her husband. Ain't that plain and simple? Amen. Verse 3. So then, if while her husband liveth, she be married to another. Let's start that one over. Verse 3. If why, so then. So then. <laughs> right? This is a continuation of verse 3. So then, if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called in what? Adulteress. Adulteress. But if. Somebody shout, but if. But if. 
her husband be dead, she is free from that law so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Is that the only thing that breaks marriage is death? Amen. That's the only thing that breaks it. It's death. Now look at verse 4. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the what? Body of Christ. Now he's going to put something spiritual in here. That ye should be married to another. Even to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Who is that? He said, you can be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead. That's Jesus. Amen. The only other person we can be married to when we have our first spouse, the only other person you can be married to is Jesus. That man. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So I had a lady do this. She went to verse 4. This is why we got to read our scriptures. Right, this lady went to verse four one time and said, "Pastor, Pastor, the Bible said I can't get married again. I can't get married again." I said, "Where it say that at? Go to Romans chapter seven, verse four. He said, "Wherefore, my brother, ye also dead, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another. See, I can get married to somebody else." She stopped right there, that you should be married to another. I said, well, let me read that. I said, why don't you keep reading? He tell you who you can be married to. It ain't another individual, but he's talking about God. But you see how people will twist the word, manipulate the word, violently twist the word to meet their agenda because they're in sin and they want the word of God to justify their sin. Why don't you just come out of sin? Praise the Lord. Just come out. Come out of sin. When a person comes out of sin, next time that word comes forth, then you won't find you. It won't find you. When I was a fornicator and the bishop kept tearing up fornication, tearing up fornication, whoo, I was getting hit left. Ooh, I was getting hit right. Ooh, ducking under the chair. I'm like, whoa, whoa. I better cut this mess out. Guess what? When I finally cut it out, when he started tearing up fornication again, that word didn't find me. Why? I am free. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm free. Yes, sir. Why? I straightened it up. That was a song by the, uh, the Williams Brothers Quartet Group. The Williams Brothers. They said, I got to clean up. What I messed up, mm, I'm starting my life over again. I got to clean up, yeah. What I messed up, mm, I'm starting my life over again. Yeah, made up in my mind, I ain't lying no more. Cause a liar and a cheater won't make it through the door. I got to clean up. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Yes. What I messed yes. up. Amen. All people got to do is clean up. Amen. Clean up. Just like we do our house. If your house gets dirty and you clean it up, right? Amen. If you want it to, if, you, if you're stressed out because the house dirty, 
Clean it up and it'll take away, right? Clean it up. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's go to uh, Matthew chapter number five. We'll get three more scriptures here in Jesus' name. Matthew five, Matthew one, and then first Corinthians. Matthew chapter five. Verse uh, 31, Matthew chapter 5, verse 31. After that, we'll get Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, and Lord willing, 1 Corinthians. And then, if the Lord will, we'll close out with 1 Corinthians. All right. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 31. Uh, it says, It had been said, with Whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give a writing of divorcement. But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committed adultery. Amen? So, divorce, God gave one out for divorce. Just one. Okay? And there's one thing that people need to understand. Notice what he says here. One out for divorce was except for the cause of what? Fornication. Fornication. Let me ask y'all this. Okay, watch this. When we look at fornication and when we look at adultery, there are two different two different individuals that are usually are being spoken to okay adultery which is read Romans chapter 7 right and say if the woman marries someone else and her husband is still living she shall be called a what adultery. adulteress right he didn't say she shall be called a fornicator right she shall be called an adulteress okay now both of these words though mean have a similar meaning there sexual and you'll find in some of these new translated bibles they change this word fornication to something called sexual immorality okay some of these new translated bibles they say except for sexual immorality you can divorce your spouse now what they're doing is saying no matter what has happened whether they uh uh, if they cheated on you, that's what they're trying to say. If your spouse cheated on you, then you can go and marry somebody else. Okay, That's when they change it to sexual immorality. But I want you to look at what King James say here. He says, except for, where are we at? Verse um, 30, 32. But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication. That word save, saving, that means accept. Saving for the cause of fornication causes her to commit adultery. And watch this. Watch what he says after. And whosoever shall marry her, that is what? Divorced, committed what? Adultery. So even if the person, even if for some reason you did divorce, your spouse, right? 
Facebook, Spotify, YouTube, even if for some reason you say, you know what, he's been abusing me. I'm not going to deal with this. I'm leaving. We're getting a divorce. Or she's been cheating on me. I'm leaving. We're getting a divorce. No matter what there is, she's a liar. He's a liar. All these reasons people will come up with to divorce their spouse in today's world, right? But the Bible also said, whoever married the woman that is divorced causes her to commit adultery. So what that does is take care of the remarriage, see? If you do divorce, which God didn't intend for, but if you do divorce, the Bible does not legitimize remarriage. He did legitimize a divorce, but the divorce did not legitimize a remarriage. That makes sense? So even if a person did, I don't care what the reason, Jesus said except for cause of fornication, right? But nowadays, especially in America, in America, they're divorced for anything. I was young and dumb. <laughs> Praise the Lord. They're divorced for anything. But when that person goes and gets married to someone else, now they have committed adultery. See? It doesn't legitimize remarriage. So, I did some study also on the word fornication and the definition of fornication. See? See, in the English, fornication means a individual who is not married having sexual intercourse. Okay? But then in the Greek, it goes and it talks about, it means pornea, which is where we get the word pornographic. Praise the Lord. And it does mention in there something about, um, it mentions in there something about uh, adultery. Um, and, and also, it mentions also about false gods. See? It even had fornication, false gods, because there was a script in Revelations that it quoted that talked about how uh, the people were committing fornication because they were serving other gods. Because we are married to God, right? Now you're cheating on God with other gods, and he called that a form of fornication. And there's scriptures in Revelations that he talks about that. But at the end of the day, right? At the end of the day, fornication is usually single individuals who are not married having sexual immorality. And adultery is people who are married and having sexual relations with someone other than their spouse. Okay? Sexual relations outside the house. Now, watch this. The reason I want to get this other scripture here in Matthew is because um, when we read verse 32, there's another thing to think about. In Matthew, Jesus is talking to Jews here in the scriptures. He's telling these Jews, they're coming asking him a question. He's teaching them about temptation, okay, um, in verse 27 through 30. Then he goes on teaching about divorce, starting at verse number 31, okay? Watch this. He's talking to Jews. In the Jewish custom, they had many things that a man had many things they had to do before they took a wife in to be married, right? I'm not an expert on all this stuff, but I do know one of those things was that, like, make sure the house was straight. They had to, uh, I believe they had to do something with money, things like that. But watch this. Whenever they would get married, whenever they would get espoused, 
praise the Lord, which espouse means engaged. Whenever a man would take on his espoused wife, praise the Lord, they would do their vows. Their vows was their commitment that they're going to get married. Okay? Right. In America, we don't do that. When do we do our vows in America? When we're getting married. When we're getting married, right? But the Jews did it a little different. When they would get engaged or espoused to one another, they would do their vows. So go to Matthew chapter 1. Now, this is coming up on, on the part about fornication, explaining the fornication part, okay? Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. I want to explain this fornication part to you. Jesus gave one out for divorce, right? He said, except for the cause of fornication. Now, let me give you scripture about fornication, how a man was able to put his wife away for fornication, okay? Because he did say except for fornication, right? So let's give a biblical example about it. Verse 18, Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18, okay? It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, that means before they had sexual intercourse, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Look at verse 19. So before they had sexual intercourse, Mary was found pregnant, right? Now remember, they were espoused. They had taken their vows. Now Mary's pregnant. And Joseph like, I ain't touched you yet, woman. So how you get pregnant? Hmm. You must be fornicating. Right? You must be fornicating. Because we ain't 100% married yet. Yeah, we took our vows. We're a spouse to one another. But we're not married. You're my spouse's wife. Right? Now you pregnant, you've been fornicating. Right? Because that takes two to tangle, don't it? Amen. Look at verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, he was an upright man, and not willing to make her a public example. He didn't want to embarrass her was minded to put her away privately, secretly. I'm going to put her away. I'm going to divorce her. Why? Because God's looking at the vows. The vow God is looking at. See? So when God's looking at the vow, notice the scripture in verse 20 calls Mary his wife. But it was his espoused wife. So Joseph was about to do exactly what Jesus said. I can put her away. Why? She's been fornicating. She's pregnant. I ain't had her yet. Praise the Lord. So this is a biblical example of what Jesus meant, putting her away, except for the cause of fornication. Okay? Amen. Which now makes sense when it comes to the definition of what fornication means in the Greek, which labeled adultery as one of those things, right? Now it's making sense. It's not that adultery and fornication is, hey, these are the same thing. No. Yeah, they both mean sexual immoral, right? Sexual right. immorality. Right. But when we look at it from the Joseph standpoint, and it was his espoused wife, fornication is for single people. But when it came to divorcing because of fornication, I see how people can throw adultery in there as well as a, as a definition. That makes sense? I hope I'm not confusing nobody. Right? Verse number 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared. Now, and a lot of y'all shaking y'all head. 
But if you really don't understand, don't shake your head. Because then you got me thinking you understand when you really ain't understanding. <laughs> so if you don't understand, it's okay to give me a no, right? And then we can talk about it either, if not now, we can talk about it later. But at least I can gauge what the audience is. Praise the Lord. Verse 20. But while he thought on these things, he thought about putting her away. Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. She ain't been messing around, man. What's inside of her is of the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Now these Trinitarians got another issue. <laughs> Who did Mary birth out? The son, Jesus. Right? Uh -huh. But who did verse 18 and verse 20 just tell us what's, what's inside of her? The Holy, the Holy Ghost. That let us know the Holy Ghost and the Son is the same. Right. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Right. And she shall bring forth a what? Son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. Praise the Lord. So in two verses, the Bible just told us the Holy Ghost and the Son it's the same. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And we know through the scriptures that uh, Jesus Christ is God. And watch this. Isaiah 9 and 6. Amen. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 says, Unto us a child is born, and a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Mighty God, capital G-O-D. The everlasting Father. Praise the Lord. See, the Son is the everlasting Father. The Son is the Father that lasts forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So, here is an example, Matthew 1, verse 18 through 21, where we had a man who was going to put his wife away for fornication because he knew he hadn't touched his wife yet. Praise the Lord. And she was pregnant. So he was doing it the biblical way. And like I said before, in America, it's hard for this to happen with us because we don't do our vows when we get a spouse. We do our vows when we get married. Praise the Lord. So after we do our vows in America and we get married, my best used to say, once you say I do, you're through. <laughs> once you say I do, you're through. And he, I've seen him multiple times give people a back out. He said, look, before I read this next part, you sure you want to go through with this? This forever. You sure you want to go through with it? Because it's forever. Yeah, this is your last chance. You ready? <laughs> he, give them, he letting them know. Praise the Lord. He letting them know. This is it. Praise the Lord. Until death departs you. Praise the Lord. Let's go uh, really quick for time's sake. Let's go there real quick. 1 Corinthians chapter number 7. We're going to read through this real quick in Jesus' name. And thank y'all for your patience in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, Matthew chapter 7. Praise the Lord. And uh, to find verse.
Let's go to verse number, uh, I guess one. Let's go to verse one. We're going to jump around here a little bit. We'll start at verse one. And uh, we'll try to get through this in the next seven minutes. Praise the Lord, that's okay. All right, uh, verse one. Now concerning the things whereof ye wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Now watch this. Notice how he starts this chapter off. Concerning the things whereof ye wrote unto me. So they were writing letters to Paul asking him questions. And Paul was writing this letter back in response to what they were asking. Y'all see that? So this is a letter to the church at Corinth, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And he's responding to a letter that was written to him. Wherefore ye wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. You got to render to each other due benevolence. That means due affection. Praise the Lord. The wife have not power of her own body, but the husband. And likewise, also the husband have not power of his own body, but the wife. Amen. I don't know what that means, right? <laughs> the husband's feeling a little hot. Take care of him. <laughs> then he goes into verse 5. And wife feeling a little hot. Take care of him. Verse 5. Defraud ye not one the other, except it be with consent for a time. Not long term, short term. Praise the Lord. Except it be with consent, praise the Lord, for a time. That ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer. So he said, the only time you're supposed to not touch your spouse is when you're fasting and praying. But other than that, you got to render unto your spouse due benevolence, due affection. Praise the Lord. Be affectionate one with another. Amen? That's a proper way. That's a PG way of putting it, right? <laughs> Amen. I heard a preacher say, I'm going to keep it PG. Pure God. <laughs> Amen. So, uh, due benevolence. Render to the spouse due benevolence, right? And he said, but... With consent for a time, you can defraud one another. And that's when you are fasting and praying. Amen? That's when you're fasting and praying. All right? Um, and come together again that Satan tempts you not for your incontinency. Okay? But I speak this by permission and not of commandment. For I would that all men were even as myself. But every man hath his proper gift of God. See, Paul was a eunuch. He gave himself to God. He didn't have a wife. He said, I, I, I wish that all men were like me, but everybody got their proper gift. One after this manner and one after that. I say, therefore, to the unmarried and widows, it is good for them if they abide even as I. He said, y'all who are unmarried and y'all who are widows, it's good if y'all stay that way, just like I am. I'm not married. It's good if you stay that way. Give yourself to God. Amen. Now, notice he said, I speak this by 
permission. It wasn't a commandment, but God permitted him to say this. Okay? Uh, and then he says, uh, verse 9, But if they cannot contain, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn. Amen? It's better to marry than to burn with passions. Amen? Verse 10, And unto the married I command, Yet not I, but who? Yet not I, but who? I'm sorry, let me let me underline this in my Bible. But the Lord, I want to underline the Lord. Because now Paul said, the first thing I spoke in verse 6, I spoke it by permission. Now this thing in verse 10 that I'm going to speak, I ain't speaking it, but God is speaking it. Praise the Lord. He said, I command ye, not I, but the Lord, let not the wife depart from where? Her husband. Her husband. Don't leave. Stick together. Amen. Stick together. The Lord said, verse 11, but and if she depart, let her what? Remain unmarried. <laughs> Ain't that plain? Yeah. But and if she do depart, let her remain unmarried. Or you got two options, right? Let me circle the word or. I'm sorry. Hold on. I want this to stick out to me next time I read it. Or, so she got two options. But, and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to who? Her husband. husband. And let not the husband put away what? His wife. wife. He's talking to both of them. Y'all stay together, man. Praise the Lord. And if you do depart from each other, you got two options. Stay single, stay unmarried, or... Be reconciled. Praise the Lord. And watch this. If the husband go marry somebody else, how the wife going to be reconciled back to him yeah. when she's ready? Well, you can't. Can you get it out your mouth? How's she going to be reconciled? She can't be reconciled. Praise the Lord. And then he says, the husband, don't put away his wife. But to the rest, speak I, not the Lord. If any brother, now you see how he keeps separating who's talking here, who's commanding. And then he says, uh, but the rest be God, not the Lord. If any, uh, we're at 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 12. But, to, but the rest speak I, not the Lord. If any brother hath a wife that believeth not, and she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. Okay? And the woman which hath an husband that believeth not, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. Verse 14, for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife. That don't mean, hey, if she going to heaven, he going to. But what that means is this. When he sees your lifestyle and see your commitment to God, he may not want to obey the word of God, but he will take notice of your lifestyle and you may win him over with your lifestyle. Right. Praise the Lord. First Peter chapter 3, um, I believe, talks about that. Amen. It says that some will not be, some won't uh, be won with the word, but they'll be won by the conversation of the wives. And the conversation means the conduct of the wives. Praise the Lord. Uh, that's First Peter, I believe, chapter 3, or Second Peter chapter 3, verse 1. Y'all can write that down and uh, read that later. Is it the first Peter chapter three or second Peter chapter? I will verify just as looking at it. First Peter three one. First Peter three one. 
I'm a verify for all of them online. Likewise, so just uh, um, that if any man will be another word. Yeah, First Peter chapter three verse one goes along here with First uh, Corinthians chapter seven and verse number fourteen. For the belief, for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. As else were your children unclean, but now are they holy. But if the unbelieving depart, let them depart. Okay? If the unbelieving depart, he said, let them depart. A brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God hath called us to peace. That doesn't mean that it's okay to go marry someone else. He's just saying, hey, if you got one that don't believe, if they want to stay with you, stay with them. But if they don't believe and they want to leave, listen, don't force them to stay. That would be an a, a unstable household, right? That would be un, unhealthy spiritually, mentally, sometimes physically, praise the Lord, right? So he said, he's called us unto peace. So if they want to leave, go ahead and let them leave, praise the Lord. Because you don't have to be living in a, there's a scripture in Proverbs says, I'd rather be in the corner of the rooftop of the house than to be in the inside with a brawling woman or something like that, right? Right. That's what he's talking about. He'd rather have peace outside the house, <laughs> right, than to be in the house with a brawling woman and have chaos. Right. That's what he's talking about here. He's not talking about divorcing and remarrying someone. He's saying, God called us to peace. And there's another scripture also that says, uh, as much as with lieth within thee, live peaceably with every man. Okay? So that's what this scripture is talking about here in verse 15. If the unbelieving depart, let them leave. A brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God hath called us to peace. Now, that part here, a brother is not, a sister is not under bondage in such cases. All the, and then look at that semicolon behind cases. His thought is not finished. There's not a complete thought. He's, I got something else I want to say about it. God has called us to peace. That part goes along with the first part. It wasn't a period there. It was a continued conversation, a continued thought. Praise the Lord. So I hope this uh, helped you all out there in uh, Facebook land. Some of you might make you mad. YouTube, Spotify, it might make some of you upset, unsettled, uh, not liking me, whatever. But the truth is the truth. Praise the Lord. So I want to spend this time to break down the scriptures to you. Amen. About divorce, marriage, and remarriage in the name of Jesus. God bless you in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. This is Pastor Brandon. I hope this message was encouraging unto you. I want to give you the opportunity to be a true disciple for Jesus Christ. What the Bible says is repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is Acts chapter two and verse 38 and that is the true plan of salvation. I hope that you obey the word of God I hope that you continue to tune in to our messages so that you may be encouraged and continue to be rooted in Jesus Christ. And if you like, uh, you can email us at newransomjesuschurch at gmail.com. 
I also encourage you to go to our website and subscribe to our blog, newransomjesuschurch.com. Subscribe to our blog. You'll also be able to find out how you can give to this ministry as well if this ministry has been a blessing unto you. God bless you. And until next time, stay rooted in Jesus. Thank you.